If you are a businesswoman working to amplify your six and seven figure business from success to significance, then you know it's not just about the right strategies or the right tactics. It's more and more about high caliber people around you, your team, your collaborators, and advisors that can open doors for you and widen your reach. Welcome to your Circle of Influence podcast with your hosts, Dr. Monica Ogando and Amy Walker. Welcome, everybody, to your Circle of Influence podcast. I am your co-host, Dr. Monica Ogando with... And I am Amy Walker. And we are delighted that you are here. I am so excited to be talking about this. I know sometimes we feel like we are allergic to the money conversation, but can I tell you that this is my jam I love talking about money. I love talking about numbers. I remember in a, a movie from a long time ago that the, the angel Gabriel said to the children, study the math, kids. It's the key to the universe. And I said, amen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, just think that, I just think that in times of crises, in times of opportunity, in times of plenty, and in times of lack, you have to have your money game together. You You know, I love that you love money conversation so much because I need to have more of them in full transparency. I have always kind of had the attitude of like, I'm really good at making it. Mm -hmm. That's my part, you know, like that's my contribution. And, um, I don't know what it is about, but I definitely, I was thinking about this recently. I was like, I definitely need to get more connected to understanding my finances because, Mm -hmm. You know, I know how to make money, but I don't, I've never gotten to the point where I know how to have my money make money. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. There's a big, there's a big gap between the two. This is, this is where I have failed you as a friend. We need to have this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) You've tried. You've been like, set up your expense account. I'm like. Yes, that's true. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. But I love, I love that we can have honest conversations about that because I think one of the reasons why people sometimes shy away from the money conversation is because they don't feel liter- financially literate enough to have it. And then the shame comes in or the guilt comes in. And then it's like, okay, let me just bury my head under the sand. So as soon as we can demystify that and take the emotion away, the shame or the guilt or the awkwardness or whatever, then it's just, it's just a math exercise, really. Yeah. Well, and you know what is the other thing is I, I don't want to make it sound like we're horrible. Um, we definitely have room for improvement, but I will tell you that the idea that you can just out earn your money problems is completely false. Mm-hmm. Um, I have learned that one the hard way that you really do. The, the only way to really build wealth is to really understand your money and yeah. you can earn a whole lot of money. And if you're not managing it well, it's not really going to turn into that legacy that you want, which is why I'm so excited to have you and Deborah on with us today, because <laughs> I'm just going to do a lot of like, mm-hmm, yeah, totally <laughs> on this episode. <laughs> That's my game plan. I'll be cheering for you. I'll be like, whoop, whoop. Yes. So, Deborah and I are going to nerd out. Exactly. Yeah, you That's okay. going to nerd out and I'm, I'm going to sit back and be like, mm-hmm. So um, Deborah Daniel is our guest today, and she brings more than 27 years of experience. She is a CPA. Um, She's the CEO of Charter Accounting and Tax Services, which is a full-time CPA firm based out of Atlanta, Georgia, and they have clients all over the country. 
Um, one of the things that I love about Deborah is that she is not a boring CPA. <laughs> She's fun to talk to and can explain things in a way that you can tell she really knows her stuff, but is also very accessible. And um, she teaches all about the money and the financial aspects of both business and personal finance on DebraDaniel.com. So Deborah, we're so excited to have you on with us. I'm so excited to be here and just listening already to the beginning part, I mean, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a great conversation because just so many things of what, what you were saying, both of you were saying were really triggering so much that I talk about because there is so much shame and guilt about the whole money thing. But the thing is, we can't be embarrassed about it because there is no mechanism in our formal education system to teach people about money. And so yeah. embarrassed about it is crazy. We haven't been taught about it. And mm -hmm. we have to really get out there and have conversations like this so that we can shine the light on it because it's not a scary subject. It's just a subject that's kept in the dark too much. Yeah. Sounds familiar. That's right. So how did you get started, Deborah? What, take me through the, the beginning of your um, journey. How did you get the idea to start your it's company? Kind, it's kind of like? a really funny story, really. And I say often that I would not have this 27 year business if it, if there had been an internet in 1992, probably. Um, because I had a pretty great career. I well, I wouldn't say great because I was only out of college for a few years, but I was working for a developer here in town at a really pretty, um, pretty awesome job for someone my age, just finishing up my MBA. And I got recruited away to work for um, a fortune 100 company here in town, which you would think, Hey, that's pretty cool when you're like 26 years old, but mm -hmm. it really absolutely boring. I mean, we were busy about one month, one week of the month doing this great stockholder report that, that was, um, preparation for just this, the investors and stuff like that. But then the other three weeks, there wasn't really wasn't much going on. And mm -hmm. I'm the kind of person you can work me to death, but don't bore me to death. And so imagine sitting in your office, which was kind of cool at 26 to have your own office, you know, that was like, Oh, I've made it kind of, but, um, but then have nothing to do. I mean, I remember mm -hmm. employee manual. I mean, how often, how much can you look busy? Had there been an internet? I mean, I might could have Googled things all day long and looked busy and stayed busy. But that literally is one of the reasons I knew I wanted to be entrepreneurial at some point. I mean, I just always, my dad always wanted to own a business. My mom had not really encouraged him, but I, I just had that entrepreneurial ache, you know, from a very young age. I didn't like playing house growing up. I liked to play office. I mean, so it's, it's kind of been something I've been, and that wasn't cool in the seventies, you know, I mean, people, women were like talking about that in the seventies, I don't think. Um, ooh, I gave away my age, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so really we, I had just gotten married. This is way back in 1992. And, um, we looked at a couple different things. I wasn't happy in my job. I wanted to do something else. And so we looked at buying a blimpy, which those aren't even around anymore. We looked at buying several franchises, but at 26 years old, we didn't have the capital to mm. invest in something like that. Right. Um, so it was actually, my husband said, well, you, you know, you are a CPA, you have, you know, have your MBA. I mean, why don't you do that? So we literally mm -hmm. had a shingle. On, in a retail space and said income taxes. And so I did like 500 little easy walk-in income taxes. Um, but then April 15th came and it was like dead. You know, I mean, there's no more anything. So mm -hmm. we bought our first practice about three months later. And the next year we bought charter accounting. The next year we bought another practice. And then over the years, we bought about seven practices, which has scaled us up to the seven figures that we've been trying to get to. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it, that's really kind of the short version of a quarter of a century. <laughs> wow. I love that. You know, and it's so interesting. I've got a couple of clients who are accountants that have built their business through acquiring, you know, other practices. And 
I think it's such a smart strategy to be able to, and, and sometimes I like, it doesn't occur to me that I can actually acquire something that somebody else started and doesn't want to finish. Like that's mm -hmm. just in my industry. It's not something that we think about. Um, but I love that strategy for creating growth is there's always somebody who wants out, you know, Right. And it's not always on. a reason because there's, I mean, because believe me, every time we bought a business, bought a practice, my husband's like, why do you think he's selling? I'm like, well, or yeah. I said, well, there's a lot of reasons. Maybe they want to move. Maybe. But the thing mm -hmm. is, it would be much easier to do that today than it was 25 years ago because there is a lot more access to capital than there was mm -hmm. in the early 90s. I mean, the way it's the first one, literally, we don't come from families with money. We borrowed money from my parent, from my dad's 401k and my husband, and my husband's dad's 401k. Mm -hmm. How we mm -hmm. got our first like big down payment. I mean, we were 26 year old. I mean, how many, how, how do we have any money? And often the owners would finance a lot of it as well. Um, still owners, mm -hmm. finance, but there's all kinds of, I mean, places to get capital now. I mean, you could, I, you could be literally borrowing a hundred percent of the, of the purchase price. Now I'm always in acquisition mode. If the right thing came along, I would buy another one. Awesome. I love it. So you've had this, you know, experience of buying practices and expanding and growing and having a big vision. We all have those moments though, where we kind of hit that valley where it's not looking so good. Everything is hard. You know, like you look around and go, everything is hard. Everything stinks. And I think those are great teachers. So can you share with us a valley that you've had and what you learned from it? You know, I, I, it's interesting that you say that. I mean, we have been very lucky in that we have had more revenue every single year in this ever ever since we've been there that doesn't and that comes back to my thought process that not all money is good money sometimes um yep. we have actually found that there were times when we were kind of felt like we were the department of labor a little bit we were a lot mm -hmm. size and we our revenue was much higher but all we were doing was paying more people right i mean mm -hmm. i'm just to keep people off the unemployment rolls only i mean i think that's a great thing that we can, that we do contribute. And I spoke recently at a social entrepreneur event and we were just talking about the economic impact of small business. And I went back and looked and I've had over 50, it was some crazy, like 54 employees and over $4 million in, in payroll that I've wow. paid over the past, you know, 25 years. And you think That's about the awesome. of all that money going out into the economy. And that is a great thing to do as a business owner. And I think we get forgotten about what a, what a big impact we have but that's not my main goal. I mean, it comes what you what you were saying earlier is you can make a lot of money, but if you're not creating wealth, if you're not creating legacy. So I would say there, the, the people thing has been our biggest issue over the time, because I mean, if you can't do all the work yourself, you've got to have a great team. And I've, mm -hmm. you know, I've in 27 years, I mean, back in 1996, when the Olympics were in town, you couldn't get an employee practically. I mean, mm -hmm. right. the market was so, so, so tight that, I mean, we had people wanting us to do work. I could not find bodies to do the work. I mean, mm -hmm. um, you know, and scaling is, is a hard thing to do too. Cause what gets you to a hundred thousand dollars doesn't get you to $500,000 doesn't get, Correct. you know, and, and I'm kind of a type a person. I want to, you know, I want, I, I see the vision and I want to go from step one to step 10 without, I don't really care about step two through nine. The problem is <laughs> mm -hmm. step 10 until you do two through nine. And so I think trying to, curb the entrepreneurship and be a manager sometimes has been my biggest hurdle. Mm. I can it's totally a different skill coach sense. other people through it more so, yeah. but myself, I, I, that's my personal struggle just because of my own personality. Um, it, but the, it's also my biggest strength in being able to scale this place to as big as it's gotten to. 
That's great. It's so great that you're, that you, first, you're honesty and transparency about it, but also that you, that you're self-aware enough to, to realize that, right? Because a lot of times we try to force a round peg in a square hole and say, why isn't this working? This should work. When you follow people's formulas, then it's like, no, it doesn't always work that way. You have to customize it to your gift and your zone of genius. The thing is, and you can really beat yourself up. And I think as women, because I work a lot with women entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. I mean, we do, um, focus on the one thing we do wrong instead of the 99 things we do right a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And I I really spend a lot of time um, kind of beating myself up and spending a lot of guilt time on why am I not getting these things finished? But when I realized I'm a starter and I'm a visionary that I have to hire the finish it, it it literally, it it exploded my world. I mean, I totally relate to that because I am great in the beginning, but like, this is why my, my grandmother tried to teach me how to sew. I can cut out a pattern like nobody's business, but all of those little details, I'm like, well, can't, can't we just skip that? Like how important exactly. is that really, you know, like, let's just, let's just move forward. And so then I would end up with my completed project being, you know, not very good because apparently all those little details do matter. So I love that you <laughs> Give yourself permission to say, I am the person who comes up with the design and I am the person who gets the momentum going. And then I am the person who surrounds myself with amazing finishers. I love exactly. that. Comes yeah. back, it comes back to team again. I mean, it's always, unless you're a true solopreneur and you can do all the work yourself, you have to be able to deal with the team situation. You, you mm-hmm. have, and you have to, you have to embrace both the leader and the manager role I mean, this, this entrepreneurship thing is a lot harder than it's cracked up to be. <laughs> yeah, man. Truly, truly. So then speaking of that, what is, what is next for, for you, for your, for your business? What is next? Well, what is really next for me is funny also related to this topic because I am so passionate about the whole financial confidence, financial literacy. I've actually taken all of my content that I've done for the past 27 years and all my relationships, and I'm putting it under a new umbrella called the women's wealth secrets. I mean, guys can listen if they want to, but I do think that the, um, that the conversation is different for women. We think about, well, everything is different between men and women. I mean, everything we do is different, right? So we can't say that we think about money the same way because we don't, and we don't talk about it. We don't do anything with, so every, I'm, I'm actually launching a whole new branding of Deborah Daniel. And of course, charter accounting will always be a big part of my revenue stream and of my interest. Um, because if people don't have their numbers together, they're not going to be able to take it to the next level with the things that yeah. I'm women's wealth secrets i'm actually planning and i'm still going to plan it even we are going to get back to traveling again i'm planning a 10 city tour where i'm going to do some live events in a couple of cities where i know a lot of people i'm launching my podcast um is going to also be women's wealth secrets and that's kind of it's kind of the culmination of everything i've done for 27 years which helps people make more money keep their money which is what amy was talking about and then grow their money you know if you're not where you want to be financially you have a gap somewhere in one of those places I mean, mm-hmm. I love that. Crazy, like Amy says, but then you also have to close the, bu- the bucket and make sure it's not dripping out as fast as it's coming in and then take a piece of that and grow real wealth because nobody's taking care of you in the future. If you're not as a business owner, taking care of yourself, and unless you want to keep what you're doing every day until you're 120, which I'm hoping to live to, um, so you've got to have some kind of, your money has to be at work for you. Yeah, I love that. And um, we are excited for that podcast to come out. So let us know when it does, because we'll support you. Monica can be your guest yes. and I can be a cheerleader. 
unless you need <laughs> a guest of like unless you're doing like those before and after makeovers you know where you've got to find something that's looking real bad well, and then you make it's not going to only just be about the finance i mean to me it's about i mean again all three of those topics making more keeping more and growing more so we're going to have i mean so mm-hmm. i'd love to have you come and talk about the making more side i mean there you yeah go. It's a big well, piece keep of us it. in mind because will, we would definitely. love to let us know when it launches. Um, we'll support it. Our listeners will support it because we really, at your circle of influence, our whole point of what we're trying to create is that we lift as we climb and um, that we will all get there faster if we all jump in and support each other. So we love it. All right. We are going to head to break. And when we come back, we'll be back with our listener challenge. You have worked hard and you've earned your place at the table of influence. Wouldn't it be great to have a board of advisors that celebrate your wins, support your growth and challenge your blind spots? That's why we host our influencer circles for six and seven figure business women. If you are a high achieving entrepreneur woman who wants a deep dive in business strategy, collaboration and strategic relationships, go to yourcircleofinfluence.com forward slash influencers and reserve a spot in one of our upcoming circles. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to your circle of influence. I'm Dr. Monica Ogando, and we have your listener challenge ready. As you know, Deborah and I have been nerding out over money conversations. Amy has been cheerleading us along. (laughs) (laughs) So we want to get in the trenches with you about it. And so here's the listener challenge for you this, this time. We want you to take out the last three months of your statement and identify the top three money leads. We don't need to see all of them. You don't need to see all of them for the purpose of this challenge. I mean, you do for the purpose of your accountant or whatever, but for the purpose of this challenge, just identify your top three money leaks and then get started in plugging them up so that you can take some corrective action. How's that, Deborah? I love that. I love that. It's the first thing I have anybody do, whether it's business or personal, because you can be pouring in the pouring in the revenue as fast as you can, but if the holes in the bottom are bigger, I mean, you're gonna, you're never gonna win. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. So we're going to, I want to add one thing in here. Cause this is actually one thing I don't suck at is um, we do look for the money leaks. And one of the most common places for us in our business is in services and software that we signed up for trials in, and then we're actually using or softwares that we have multiple services that all kind of do the same thing. I mean, we've found like $3,000 a year easily each yes. time we do that. It's crazy. It's true. It's free, it's free, it's free money kind of. Because it's like, oh, look what I found. I, can get, I get to keep it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So we're going to go through our lightning round. It's when we get some fast questions, fast answers. And here's the first one. What is the best business advice that you have ever gotten? I think it goes back to the, the person that told me, do only the thing. It, it goes back to, you hear it over and over again. Do only, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should be doing it. Do only the things that only you can do, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what's going to make you successful. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Okay. So building a business is the best course in learning about yourself and what are those mental things that keep us stuck? So what are some inner dragons that you've had to slay on your path to success? Oh, I would definitely, there's a couple. I would say one is we all have it, especially as experts, a little bit that fraud mentality, like why should people listen to me? 
And then somebody said to me one time, I mean, cause sometimes to me, I'm so into this money thing. I'm like, surely they all know this already. Why would I need to tell them this? Because it's such a part of what I do. But when you think about it to the second grader, the third grader is a genius, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have to rely on that your experiences, that your knowledge is something that someone needs to hear. I mean, but that's, I think that's something a lot of us have a trouble feeling like, why should somebody listen to me? Mm, yeah, that's true. It's a little bit of a, that imposter syndrome thing. Exactly, exactly. And so, okay, so the next question is, who is your business girl crush? Who's a woman that you respect in business? And look up? Oh, so many, so many. But I would say one that just is popping up right now is, um, oh my gosh, I'm drawing the blank. The, oh, uh, say, um, Sarah Blakely, who with Spanx, just because I love her story. And, you know, she's out there as part of this, um, the uh, everything's going on with the virus and everything. She's offering these $5,000 grants to women-owned businesses and stuff. And I just admire someone who's done, you know, the work themselves and is, you know, out there trying to help other women. I mean, there's so, so many women that I admire, but I, just because it's timely right now, I would say that's my current girl crush. <laughs> I love it. And she makes us look better when we are speaking. Exactly. Who can't use She like things? empowered a whole generation of women entrepreneurs to <laughs> look good. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I remember the life-changing day when another speaker told me that she wears multiple pairs of Spanx on stage. I was like, I didn't even know that was an option. Exactly. You didn't know you could do more than one. (laughs) I know. I was like, I thought this was like a one-layer only type of a deal. But no, you can layer the Spanx. Now you all know. Okay, so um, back to our questions. What's, Deborah, for you, what's the number one door that you wish would just open for you in your business right now? now? I would say, because I'm trying to expand my platform from really, you know, the circle of influence I have right now, I'd like to do something in media. I'd like to be a go expert in media a little bit. And so I'm, I'm definitely, I've had a few inquiries in the past and I'm going to just go a little further with where, where some of those might go. Mm-hmm. I love it. Good. We'll, That's we'll great. connect you with a couple of people too, that are good resources for you. Perfect. That's great. So if you were to have accomplished all of the goals in your business that you have in your horizon, what would be, what's next after that? Um, I, you know, I, we, uh, my husband and I often talk about this a little bit because he's ready to kind of start slowing down. And I'm like, wait, this is just the beginning of the next step. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to travel more that, I mean, travel for pleasure versus business, which I do do a lot of combination kind of stuff, but I would love to, to, um, once, once I've done a few more things, be spending more of my time traveling and more of my time, maybe sharing some of the knowledge that I have from the money perspective. Um, not so much as this is what I do for a living, but this is what I do for a mission a little bit. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. And Deborah, how should our listeners connect with you? Well, there, I mean, they can always gra- get jumped to any, either one of my web pages, which is the charteraccounting.com, which you mentioned, and the deboradaniel.com. But I have a free, um, I mean, I have some great resources if they jump onto my one page that I have. It's called moneyreimagined.com. And I've got this awesome, oh, I don't have it right here, five secrets to financial success, little um, thing that I'd love to give them. I'm actually going to be putting a few more things out on that site. I just did a video that'll be, that's kind of talking about it a little bit more in depth. I mean, just pure Deborah's ideas about money. <laughs> awesome. Send us the link for that. We'll include it in I the will. show notes as well. I will. 
Cool. Okay. So now we come to the point where we love to tell you because we all have so much impact and every, one of the reasons why Monica and I started this show is because we just wanted to talk to really cool people. So we like to tell you what our takeaways were. And, um, I had two, actually, I loved when you said to a second grader, a third grader is a genius. Like, yeah, of course they are. They're like big. They know some stuff. So I love that. Every t- I think every time any of us has imposter syndrome creep in, that's what we should tell ourselves. Well, so to, a, to a second grader, third grader is a genius. Um, and then the other part was I, I really loved when you said um, that we need to let go of the shame and the guilt around not understanding our, our money because we were never really educated on it. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember the only financial education that I ever got in school was pretty much education on how to be poor. Like, you know, the money class was, you know, you go to college and now you have all these bills and now you have to pay all of these bills and, oh, look, you don't have enough money. Mm better be more <laughs> careful. And it, like, that was my financial education class. Like that's crazy that crazy. that's what we're operating off of. Yeah, it's so true. Well, that, and really most of us don't, I mean, it's, it's a generational thing. I mean, that's why the, I mean, that's why mm-hmm. people that come from wealthy families have more knowledge because they talk about money. I mean, mm-hmm. come from that background, you, you, you were never exposed to it. So you weren't exposed mm-hmm. to educational system and you weren't exposed at home. I mean, gosh, it's amazing. We can even, you know, write a check. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So for me, the takeaway was when you, when you mentioned, um, do only the things that only you can do. And you're right. I mean, especially when you get to a certain level, when you are, when you're a high achieving woman, you're so good at so many things and you can excel and you can get by and you can make something work. But to only do the things that only you can do, I was like, ooh, that cuts down a lot of stuff and mm-hmm. increases my peace of mind. I'm liking it. Exactly. Yeah. It's awesome. When you're not being as productive as you want to be or you're not seeing the revenue happen the way you want to, if you look back, you're doing stuff you shouldn't be doing. Yeah. That's true. Right there. Truth bomb. <laughs> <laughs> well, Deborah, we so appreciate you being on. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you. I had a blast. Awesome. And for our listeners, we always like to leave you with a little bit of hope and inspiration. Um, you guys, I know that 2020 is a tricky year and a lot of you are probably sitting here in your finances and going, this is not the way that I wanted my financials to look. And I just want you to realize it's temporary. Like it's a temporary situation, but you know what is permanent is that you are still intelligent and that you are still capable and you are still super smart and you still have gifts and talents to share with the world. So understand that no matter if the numbers are looking how you wanted to or not, this is a temporary phase of your life and keep hope that you will turn the corner and you will come out stronger. So thank you so much for being on with us today. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Dr. Thank